Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your golf insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house live from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Holly G bringing you some gorgeous weather from the beach where I am at the 35th annual World Amateur Championship, the biggest amateur golf tournament on the planet. Over 3,000 golfers participating in this event from 50 states, 30 countries, being played over 60 golf courses in the Grand Strand. And it is perfect weather out here. And we've got a lot of golf to talk about as we move into the second round of the PGA Tour playoffs. And, uh, Today, this week, we're going to Boston, the TPC of Boston, and no other person to get the lowdown on what's happening there, but our good friend, Jeff Babineau, checking in with us. Hey, Babs. Hey, Holly G. Good to hear your voice. I know you've covered this tournament many, many times. Tell us a little bit about uh, the TPC Boston and what we should expect for the second round of the PG Tour playoffs. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, 16th playing of the, uh, now it's called the Dell Technologies, used to be the Deutsche Bank at TPC Boston. Uh, It's become a real good mainstay in the sports scene up there in New England. You know, it's kind of the end of summer and the tourists are starting to head home and, and you have this great event. You know, in five years, it elevated to a a playoff event, so that's been pretty cool. And next year, starting next year, it'll it'll alternate with the New York, New Jersey market uh, as a host of the Northern Trust. So you'll get Boston every other year. But, uh, you know, TPC Boston is a cool track. I think they've made nice improvements to the golf course over the years. You know, it used to be a place where the Bombers had a certain a huge advantage. They could, uh, you know, you carry the ball 280, you could take on – corners and bunkers and not everybody could so they've slowly tweaked that and uh and i think it's a popular stop with the players you know i mean the fedex cup playoffs are are really starting to heat up and we get some real meaningful golf this week well certainly all eyes on bryson dechambeau as he just surgically went about uh the tournament last week the northern trust winning and now topping the fedex cup uh playoff rankings what do we expect of, do you think, as this unfolds this weekend? Uh, certainly now has got to have Captain Jim Furyk on uh, on the watch here. Yeah, I mean, I think, guys are, I think they're certainly helping Jim Furyk out a little bit. I mean, uh, Tony Finau played great last week. He was a solo runner-up. He played alongside Furyk at the PJ, made 24 birdies, I think it was, and you know, in 10 in one round with Furyk. So, that was impressive. You had to be impressed by DeChambeau last week. You know, Furyk and DeChambeau, uh, they share the same management company. So I think that's given Jim Furyk an inside eye into DeChambeau, and he really likes the kid. Uh, so those, you know, you have those two. You have Phil and Tiger that people expect to be in their Ryder Cup mix. So uh, 
Uh, we'll see. I mean, we still have two weeks. He'll name three picks on Tuesday and one pick the week after that. But uh, right now, I think, you know, Finau, DeChambeau, Woods, and Mickelson would have to be your front runners for sure. And some interesting news. Ricky Fowler, as we know, has been fighting an oblique injury and is uh, going to be taking the week off. Seem, I guess has been really struggling with this since the PGA Championship. Any update on Ricky? Yeah, I mean, just that I know he wanted to play this week. and, and the, uh, You have the late start on Friday with the Labor Day finish, and he can't go. So uh, certainly that must uh, make Sherrick wonder a little bit about his you know, what's going to happen with Ricky at the Ryder Cup and how healthy he's going to be, whether he could play 36 holes. Uh, I look as that team shapes up, you know, you're going to need some some foursomes players and some good putters. And I think Fowler fits both of those pretty well. Uh, he, he would be a, a big, uh, you know, hurt on the U.S. team if he's not able to, to play 36 a day. Uh, you know, he's one of those those guys who you can let go and, and turn him loose, and he's going to turn you back a lot of birdies, you'd think. Well, one thing we've been talking about, too, is the fact that you have, uh, you know, somebody like Brooks Kepka, who, as we know, had that injury earlier in the year, and, you know, uh, isn't probably, you know, he isn't as worn down, beat up as some of these guys. So that's going to be interesting as we move through the next couple phases of the playoffs. I'm sure he'd love to uh, win this tour championship in FedEx Cup. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, brought it back last week okay. And you know, he talked last week that he's got to kind of dial up his focus at the, you know, he's done such a good job at the majors. He shows up to those things, and he's a different guy, right? He's, he's unbeatable, uh, winning three of his last six major starts. So how does he dial up that focus when he goes event to event? And certainly I would think if you're Brooks Kepka, you know, that $10 million bounty that awaits the winner of the, FedEx Cup should get your attention. I think it will, and uh, he's going to dial it up. You know, he's in that in that top five, which is a huge key. He's holding on to that five spot right now, and you really want to be there heading into the Tour Championship at East Lake. You control your own destiny. If you win there, you win the FedEx Cup. So right now that's DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, and Kepka. So you, you want to stay in there if you can, and that's going to take a good week this week. So some breaking news, uh, the PGA of America announcing their new CEO, uh, Seth, is it Wag? Seth Wag. Yeah, Seth Wah, who uh, was the right. former CEO of Deutsche Bank, which we know had a great relationship uh, with the tour and was part of the playoffs. Uh, t- share a little bit about this, this uh, new CEO. Well, I mean, certainly he's got a great business mind, right? He was running uh, one, of the, one of the big banks at Deutsche Bank. Uh, he's CEO of Deutsche Bank Americas. He's got a huge passion for golf. You know, he loves golf. He's a son who played at uh, Wake Forest, Clancy. Uh, so there's a huge passion. I mean, it was, it was Seth Waugh who basically got this tournament going in Boston. He hired a young up-and-coming tournament director by the name of Jay Monahan, uh, and they built it. So it's interesting that the PGA of America CEO and the uh, commissioner of the PGA Tour have a terrific relationship and maybe they can get some interesting things done there. You know, it's these guys both, they talk about kind of growing the game and growing a fan base. And uh, when you have those two organizations that they can align in some sort of way or, or align stronger than they currently are, it just makes the future a little more interesting.
Well, speaking of the the future, there has been conversation that the PGA of America was going to move from West Palm Beach to Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Uh, Now, apparently Seth lives in South Florida, correct? How do you think this will impact that decision? I I don't know. You know, I I think that's still kind of hanging in the balance a little. It seemed like a sound, maybe a sound business move for the PGA to, to leave Palm Beach Gardens for Texas. You know, they're going to build them a golf course out there. Beautiful, you know, if you think about it down the road, maybe it's a site for the PGA Championship, and and just think of all the revenues that would entail. Uh, but I think I, I I think it's pretty much on hold right now. There's so many people, so firmly rooted in South Florida area, you know, to get up and move to Texas is a pretty big ask. So uh, I don't know where that stands. It is interesting that Seth uh, makes his home in in uh, South Florida. I don't see him making his home in Frisco, Texas. We'll see. Uh, but uh, it's just one more element as as these guys go toward the future. You know, Pete Pavacqua was a terrific leader for the PGA. He headed off and took a huge job with NBC Sports. So there's another uh, kind of a, another entwined tentacle there with uh, the PGA looking to negotiate moving forward and the, and the tour looking to negotiate TV deals. Uh, so it's, it's good that these guys have all this experience that all these different levels of the game. I think, uh, you know, it's a win-win for golf in general. Well, we sure love having all the major organizations here in Florida. So we would hate to lose the PGA of America, but it will be interesting to uh, see how this all plays out. But exciting news, certainly, for the PGA of America. Just a minute to go here, Babs. Uh, who's who's your pick for, for this weekend to uh, win the second stop oh boy. PGA Tour playoffs? Putting you on the spot, I'm off, big guy. I'm off a day. I'm off a day with the Friday start. But I'll, I'll go with, you know, who wants to get in? And uh, he's made it a good run this year and really good. Justin Rose, I think, wants to get in that top five. Uh, PPC Boston should be a great fit for him. Uh, if I had a sleeper, it might be Adam Scott. He's got a great record there. He won his first tour event there in 03, and, and he's putting well, and he's playing with a lot of confidence since the PGA. So uh, I'll go with Rose, and uh, Adam Scott is my sleeper. Great. Well, we are uh, going to enjoy Labor Day, Monday finish. Uh, have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you always, Jeff Babineau. You're listening to Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. Back. Health Insiders coming to you live from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the site of the 35th annual World Amateur Championship. It's a gorgeous day here at the Grand Strand where over 3,000 golf fanatics are teaming up in the four-day handicap tournament from 50 states, 30 countries, playing on over 60 courses here in beautiful Myrtle Beach. It's quite an event, and uh, 
Wish I was out there teeing it up, but instead we're bringing you all the news in the golf world as we move into the second round of the PGA Tour playoffs this week and weekend is the Delta Technologies Championship at TPC Boston. And uh, now things start to get a little tighter as the top 100 pursue the next step of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And we're gonna go to one of our favorite golf insiders now, Jeff Shane. Hello, Jeff from pjtour.com. <laughs> How are you doing today, Holly? Well, I'm just up the road from you because I know you're based in beautiful Hilton Head Island. Yeah, and uh, actually you said you waved uh, as you passed the exit. Uh, ho hopefully on your way back, we can stop and have lunch. <laughs> I would. I would. I'd love to do that. So um, give give me sort of your um, overview of, of where things stand right now as we go into the second leg of the of the PGA Tour playoffs. Well, I think uh, Bryson DeChambeau, first of all, uh, stamped himself as somebody that, that you have to watch. And I think in addition to winning uh, the Northern Trust, he locked up uh, a Ryder Cup berth. He was just outside the automatic qualifying bubble. And uh, and I think if you win a playoff event, uh, that's that's a that shows that you're a hot golfer, that you are in form. And uh, I think DeChambeau is going to be a guy that plays a lot of Ryder Cups and Presidents Cups, and uh, it, it will not surprise me at all if he's uh, on the uh, on the captain's pick list uh, for Tuesday when when Jim announces uh, Jim Furyk announces three of the four. Uh, the rest, I think I, I think we've still got a, a, just a great group of guys and we're gonna have to see who bubbles to the top. Yeah, the uh, defending champion is Justin Thomas, who we know went on, you know, a very hot streak this time of year last year and ended up uh, capturing the FedEx Cup. Interestingly, they've announced uh, earlier in the week that they're going to uh, be some revamping to the FedEx Cup for next year. You know, we've uh, ongoingly talked about the format. Can you tell our listeners where what's happening? <laughs> well, the thing that we know for sure is that we are going to have three playoff events rather than four starting next year. The, this week's event, the Dell Technologies, is coming off the schedule, although what they're going to do is they're going to take TPC Boston and they're going to fold them into the rotation to host the Northern Trust. And, in fact, uh, next year the Northern Trust will be at Liberty National, and then it will be at TPC Boston in 2020. That's the easy part. What was kind of floated this week is how do you, how do you create uh, a system that everybody knows who the winner of the FedEx Cup is going to be when the final putt hits the bottom of the cup, and you're not racing to the computer to see all the projections and see who uh, bubbled up to the top. Uh, last year, remember, we had Xander Schauffele winning the Tour Championship, but we had right. Justin Thomas, who finished second, uh, winning the FedEx Cup, and that's always an awkward situation. So they're trying to come up with a way to, to make it a little bit more fan-friendly, a little bit more player-friendly, too. I remember when Bill Haas won in 2011. You didn't even know. Yeah, he's standing there at the awards ceremony because he won the Tour Championship, and, and he casually asked Tim Fincham, so who won the FedEx Cup? Mm, uh, you did, Bill. <laughs> so uh, th those type of situations, I think Jay Monahan uh, is trying to come up with a way to do it differently. Uh, 
what is out there now is, in essence, to give the professionals a handicap. <laughs> the better you do in the FedEx Cup points leading into the Tour Championship, you actually get strokes. At least that's what they're talking about, that the FedEx Cup leader would start the Tour Championship at 10 under par, and everybody else would be spaced out accordingly. I don't know if the last place guy would be at even par or maybe at over par at some point. It's still kind of nebulous there, but they it, we're actually talking about handicaps for PGA Tour professionals in the final event. In a way, it makes sense. We all understand handicaps, but in a way, it's still a little odd that we're talking about it for PGA Tour players. Still sounds to me like you need... Multiple whiteboards, iPads, and laptops to figure this all out. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I think we're trying to get rid of the laptops and whiteboards. And, and if the scoreboard just, you know, says, we'll use this week's, uh, you know, as an example, Bryson DeChambeau, 10 under par, Dustin Johnson, 9 under par, Justin Thomas, 8 under par, and it just happens to be the start of the tournament, at least we have an idea of how far everybody is uh, and what they have to do to catch up. In a sense, it's kind of like the, tour, the last day of the Tour de France. Uh, for those who follow cycling, uh, it is a time trial, and uh, everybody starts uh, based on how far they are behind the leader. So the leader goes off, and if second place is 12 seconds behind the leader, they wait 12 seconds, and then the second place guy pushes off the start line. It's his job to try to catch the leader. Um, I, I don't, again, I don't know if it translates to golf, but it's being floated out there. I still say the easiest thing to do, and something everybody understands, is to turn the Tour Championship into match play. Take your 16 best players in points, all the playoff winners, or the previous two events, you know, playoff winners will have certainly earned enough points to get into the top 16. You got brackets, you got four days of match play, and everybody knows who wins at the end. Well, I love that, and and I, I can't get enough match play, and that would really put some extra pressure on this uh, on this finale for sure. Let's talk for a minute about Tiger. Uh, I, I would say he came away having one of those uh, tournaments where, you know, he played better than he scored. What do you think about how you know Tiger's trending with the next couple of events to go? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like like a lot of golfers, it seems like it's always that you know one element, whatever it is, that seems to be off. Back at uh, you know at, back at Firestone, it was the driver a little bit, uh, but he couldn't he couldn't sink a mid range putt to save his life uh, at Ridgewood, and he ranked next to last in in the strokes gained putting category, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason. You know, the putting strokes seemed to leave him that week, even though his ball striking was superb. So uh, it, it's always something, um, as it is with most other golfers. That's, that's the thing I think we have to realize is right now Tiger is in the group with everybody else. Uh, he's playing extremely well. And I, I, I said last week it would not surprise me if he was to win one of these playoff events. But if the putter, which is the club you use about 40% of the time, if that one's not cooperating, it's going to be a rough week no matter what. Well, I predicted last year that he would win in the wraparound season. So we've got three events to go. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pulling hard for Tiger. We go from 100 to 75. Is that right? For, for this event, in terms of the cut, 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, it'll be seven, the top seventy that advance from Boston this week to the BMW Championship next week, which is being played at at Mink in Philadelphia. So kind of an odd situation where the first three playoff events are all in the Northeast this year. Uh, but uh, the cut line is seventy and. Uh, it, just as an aside, as we go from four events to three next year, it'll ha- also have to be decided, okay, we got to redraw these cut lines because we have one fewer playoff event. Interesting. That, uh, yeah, it really does mix it all up, doesn't it? It, it really does. And, and, and you know, from, from my standpoint, yeah, I don't know that we have to have all 125 players that get to keep their cards actually be playoff teams um you know i I grew up in phoenix the phoenix suns were dead last uh you know still in the league obviously but they didn't make the playoffs i would not be averse to having the playoffs start with just the top 90 or even say the top 70 go 70 to 30 this this is this is my this is my best idea but if we started at 70 then go to 30 for the bmw and then that 16 for match play. That's what I'd like to see. All right. Well, Jeff, before we let you go, who's your pick at uh, TPC? We get a Monday finish, which is great for a holiday weekend. Uh, who's your pick? I think the I, I think the the uh, TPC Boston is different than the other playoff sites in that it's a place where you really have to make a lot of birdies and you have to go low. And just like last year, all of a sudden, Justin Thomas, he must like this time of year because not only did he win at Firestone, he was sixth at the PGA Championship. He was eighth last week. We know he can turn on a birdie run at, you know, at any time. And so as much as I usually don't like picking guys to successfully defend, I really think Justin Thomas is the guy that bubbles to the top this week. All right. A great venue at TPC Boston. Thank you. As always, Jeff Shane. Check out all his stories on PGATour.com and Pro Golf Weekly. You're listening to the Golf Insiders live from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We will be right back. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is. Don't play at Pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. Swing in the house drives my wife up the wall. She shouldn't worry, I don't use a ball. We're back! The Gulf Insiders coming to you live from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The site this week of the 35th annual World Amateur Championship. And it's my pleasure to have a very special friend on the Gulf Insiders. He is the coolest guy in Myrtle Beach. He's the show host of the Myrtle Beach Golf Report, national sales director for INET Golf, and TV person here in the Grand Strand, Brian Steffen. Hello, my friend. Hey, Holly G. What's happening, baby? I'm hearing a little bit of the ocean in the background. Uh, well, I'm close to it. I'm actually uh, about uh, 100 yards from the water. Awesome. So this is uh, your home base and a big event this week. Um, 
first of all, over 3,000 people have come to participate in this fully handicapped four-day tournament. Uh, it's really amazing. They boast the biggest 19th hole in the world, which we got to spend a little time at last night. Uh, three hours of golf exhibits, golf instruction, contests, entertainment, and of course, free food and drinks. Can't beat that. This is a great, great venue, and what a value for people to come play. Well, this is the golf capital of the world, Holly, so uh, what better place than to have the world's largest amateur handicapped golf tournament than right here uh, on the Grand Strand of Myrtle Beach? Well, it, it, it is remarkable. They have, uh, I believe, what is it, over uh, 60 flights? Um, you know, it takes just the administration of all of this is is quite something. Um, I guess about 48 people per flight. And they have they really break it down from age to handicap. They, they even have a flight for what they call. I love this seasoned seniors, which is 80 years old and over. Yeah, that would be like the super, super seniors or something like that. Yeah, they 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 make sure to accommodate. I mean, it's an amateur event, so. You know, they try to accommodate uh, all people. They separate the flights by handicap, by age, by gender, by, you know, whatever. So they've got um, a little bit for everybody. So anybody coming to compete can feel like they have a chance to win, which, you know, is, and play with cool people from all over the world. So it's a, it's a really fun event. I've been a part of it for years on uh, one way or another. I've played in it. Uh, you know, I've, I've always been at the 19th hole living here. It's a lot of fun. And it's the first dead week of the summer from all the tours because most of the Southeast kids are back in school. So the, the beach would be empty this week if it wasn't for the, the, the World Am, you know. So it fills up the hotels, like you said, with over 3,000 golfers plus wives, husbands, you know, families. You know, they bring, they bring friends. Uh, so they eat in the restaurants. They play golf they shop in the shops it's so it's it's uh it's a really good thing for the for the community here yeah it's really fun to see too how uh this has evolved a lot of women come to play in it and there are lots of women buddy groups that come i know i have a friend from down in west palm and she's got 12 of her friends that have come up to play in this so like you said it's husbands and wives it's you know uh guy buddy groups it's women buddy groups it's it's really terrific and i've noticed too that they even now have what they call you know um a recreational flight where you don't have to have a handicap and you can just come and be part of it and and play yeah for because there are people that say oh i can't play because i don't keep up with my handicap i don't play enough i don't have enough qualified rounds i don't i'm not a member of the club i don't have a way to keep up with my handicap and those people were always excluded. Well, they finally figured out a way, like you said, that recreational division is just, hey, just come play and hang out and have fun for the week. Now, if you're listening in our area, a lot of people from Florida come up to play in this event. But here's, here's the scoop. $625 for four days of golf on four different golf courses. And if you win your flight, you play a fifth day, the championship playoff, happens on Friday, which is all the flight winners and ties. Along with that, you get this gift bag over $300 and four nights, all you can eat, all you can drink, live entertainment. I'm telling you, we're very lucky to come and be part of this, Brian. 
Yeah, it's a it's a good time. It's a really good value, and and if you know the fun thing is over the years I meet people that come on golf vacations to Myrtle Beach and then they come back uh, to play in the World Am, and then there's other people that only come when they um, play in the World Am, and then I've even met some that their husband comes and plays in the World Am, but earlier in the summer they're here with their family on a regular vacation because they've just grown to like and uh, coming to Myrtle Beach, so. It's a really cool, really cool thing for our community here. Now, you're also involved in a really cool new event. Tell our listeners about that. Okay, so last year, well, this year, we just finished uh, last two weekends ago, the Amateur Long Drive World Championships. Uh, we started it last year at Legends Resort, um, and this year we had it at Barefoot Resort and Golf. Uh, Dave Ginevra and his got gang were amazing hosts. Um, our good friends in uh, uh, ING, Chase 54, are presenting sponsors along with Dale Jr.'s Whiskey River. It is a amateur long drive competition. It's exactly what it sounds. We did qualifiers in different parts of the country. Uh, anybody anybody that's not a PGA or, pro- or professional, so kind of like the World Am, you have to be an amateur uh, to compete. Uh, and as long as you can hit a qualifying drive in your division, and we break it up by age and by and by uh we have men's and women's we have juniors we have seniors super seniors we had a veterans division we have an adaptive division so we bring out the hitters that are you know the adaptive golfers the guys in wheelchairs the one arm you know the the handicapped folks that come out and compete and um it was great it was a three-day event uh we had over 130 hitters uh, we probably hit, we guesstimated probably somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to ten thousand golf balls, and uh, wow. narrowed it down to three. And narrowed it down to three people on uh, Saturday evening to compete. We had the longest uh, able-bodied, the longest veteran, and the longest adaptive golfer go at it for the Open World Championship. And uh, gentleman, the one this year, Mr. Corey Culver, a young man who's still enlisted in the Marines, was in the veterans division. Uh, with a very impressive drive, the yardage doesn't sound long, but we played into it. We hit into a twenty mile an hour wind for three days, and he hit at three oh nine. Woo, three oh nine! I bet you take that any day, wind. buddy. I would. I have to hit it twice to go that far. <laughs> I love it. It's a. Uh, it's you know, this is what we love about golf. So many opportunities for so many to get involved in this game. Uh, no matter what your handicap, uh, no matter what your level of play, no matter what your ability, how do people find out about this event? Well, the Amateur Long Drive uh, event is the website is just the name amateurlongdrive.com. We've also got a Facebook page, Amateur Long Drive. Uh, get your information there. We're about to, for 2018 19 year, we're going to start it as like a league where we're going to have different regions in the country where we're going to have like tournament directors. And you're going to be able to become a member of the association, and you're going to get a chance to play or, or, or compete in uh, different events in your area throughout the year to earn points to come back to compete in the world championships. So, just like your Golf Now or your Golf Week Tour or any or WAGC, we're creating a league, uh, and the and our hitters can't be more excited to have the opportunity to compete basically year round now against each other. And, um, all right, my friend. Th- thank you so much. That website, one more time before we go amateurlongdrive.com. All right. We'll see you down at the 19th hole in a few, uh, few minutes. See you tonight.
Brian Steffen, thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight. We're back. Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk, and it's your host, Holly G. Coming to you live from beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. And uh, as I've been talking about it, we're at the 35th Myrtle Beach World Amateur Championship. If you want to get more information on how to play in this really, really fun tournament, for some people, it's uh, their annual annual golf surgeon every year. Go to Myrtle Beach worldamateurgolf.com. And now I'm going to bring our final guest. Uh, we haven't talked to him in a while, but he's one of the best in our business. 40 years he was a sports writer and golf columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and then decided to play a little more golf beginning in 2018. But since we're going to Aronimic next week, we wanted to check in on everything going on in the Philadelphia area with Mike Kern. Hello, Mr. Mike. Well, if it's an intelligent golf talk, what am I doing on it? Oh, my friend, you're from Philly. And I'm, come and on. I follow, all, the, I the best writers come follow. from Philly. I got to follow Arnie. That's a tough follow. Oh, my you know? goodness. So, listen, we know that uh, this is the third leg of the playoffs next week, the Dell Technologies Tournament. I'm sorry, the BMW Championship. They've, they've turned this around a little bit this year. It's the BMW Championship next week, the Dell Technologies this week. Uh, it's great to see the PGA Tour come back to Philadelphia. Share with our listeners what they can be looking forward to. Well, they can be looking forward to Tiger Woods playing, which these days is mostly what matters. It's mostly what mattered in 2010 and 2011 when the PGA Tour was last year. And um, Philadelphia will support what it perceives to be a big-time thing. If they don't perceive it to be a big-time thing, they're not going to really support it. Um, You have the Eagles opening next week, but they open on Thursday, so – That'll be a little bit out of the way. Um, it, it should be interesting. I mean, I think they'll get crowds. I, I'm still not sure if everybody understands. I'm not sure I understand exactly the FedEx playoffs and what it means and you know, how you advance, who wins, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't think a FedEx Cup is the equivalent of winning a major. I don't think five FedEx Cups are the equivalent of winning a major. I think anybody would tell you that. And it is a Ryder Cup year. So you will have guys maybe still trying to convince Jim Furyk they should be on the team. I don't know. I think the team is fairly set. Um, but, yeah, you have a lot of little subplots next week. And then somebody the week after is going to, you know, win a lot of money. Um, but, you know, the fact if Tiger was not going to be here uh, for whatever reason, it would be interesting to see what kind of reception it would have got. Because I think it yeah. would have been – less than they had planned on. 
Uh, I, I agree, Mike. And, uh, you know, we were looking at some of the numbers for the PGA Championship and they the TV ratings went through the roof. They were double last year at eight million. And the last hour of the tournament, 12 million tuning in to watch Tiger. And as we know, you hear so many friends and family members who, you know, may not even play golf. They just love to watch Tiger. And you saw all the fans come out in St. Louis because for many of them, you know, this may be the last chance to see Tiger play. Well, the problem is, and I equated a little bit when I used to cover the senior tour in the late 80s, maybe early 90s, but late 80s, and Arnie would come in. Um, and Arnie being the first group out on Sunday because he was in last place or close to it or whatever, he'd go out, there'd be thousands of people following Arnie. And he would make a birdie on the back nine, and the cheer would go up, and, and you knew what happened. And then the leaders would tee off, you know, four, five, six hours later, and there'd be 100 people watching them. People, and I've gotten into this argument, and people, the anti-Tiger people don't want to hear it, but it's a fact of life. Regardless, people would rather see Tiger shoot 72 than Brooks Kepka shoot 66. That is not Brooks Kepka's fault. It's not McElroy's fault. It's not Spieth's fault. It's not, but none of these guys are Tiger. And the game, until Tiger retires or goes away for good or can't play anymore, that's the way it is. I'm sorry. And maybe the TV guys go a little overboard. I think sometimes they do. But they're trying to do the same thing that you're doing and newspapers are doing. They're trying to get people to click. People will click Tiger. And the fact is, whatever you think of Tiger, he has shown you this year that the, the possibility of him winning again is not impossible. The possibility of him maybe winning a major again is not impossible, or maybe even more than one. But he's not going to be Tiger of 2002. Um, but, I mean, he finished second at the PGA by shooting a 64 to a guy that set a record for low score. He was in contention in the final round of the British Open. He's finished in the top five a few times this year. So anybody says to me, well, Tiger's never going to win again. I mean, you know, that's like the people that would tell me Andy Reid was never going to win a Super Bowl. And I said, but he came within three points of beating the Patriots. So don't tell me. You might think he's not going to. You know, and let's face it. If Tiger wins a tournament, whether it's this year, next year, whenever it happens, if it does happen, it's going to be the biggest story not in, in golf, in sports. And if it's a major at some point, it will be every bit as big or bigger than Jack in 86. Rightfully or wrong, or wrong that's just the way it is because – that's who he is, and that's, you know, he trans, like you said, people who don't care about golf will tune in to watch Tiger. They're not tuning in to watch Jordan Spieth. You know, God bless. And, and at the end of their careers, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of whatever, but you could add up Kepka right now, Kepka, Spieth, McElroy, Day, um, Thomas. Together they don't have as many majors as Tiger. And Tiger hasn't won one in 10 years. You know, so, you know, it, it is what it is, Holly, and, and – the people who don't like it are going to not like it. The people who like Tiger are going to be, you know, grateful that he's back. And, and But the naysayers will tell you, he's not that Tiger. But you know what? At the PGA, he was pretty darn good. Yeah, no kidding. Including on Sunday, he didn't even hit a fairway on the front nine, and he was still in it. Yeah. Yeah. Come, and come but, on, that's Tiger. But until he wins. And maybe even wins more than once. But until he wins, what are we going to say? The, the naysayers are going to say, what has he done? And, and they would not be wrong. Um, 
and maybe we're setting the bar too high, or maybe Tiger said but, but Tiger did not come back out here to finish third or fourth or fifth. He came back here to win, and he hasn't shown the ability yet to put four rounds together. Uh, or like one week is, he'll be driving the ball well and he won't putt. Or one sure. week he'll be at irons really good and won't do this. So until he does that, and the interesting thing to see will be, let's say if he wins a tournament, and then let's say he wins another, you know, relatively soon after that. And maybe one of them's a major. Or maybe, you know, everybody who says they're not intimidated by Tiger now, and that may be true. And I'm not saying that Kepka and these guys are, are intimidated by him. But let's see if they're not, like, looking over their shoulders a little bit, you know, when he's out on the course or when he's playing. I don't think we've quite reached that point yet, and we may never reach it. But if, if what he's done is given people hope that over the next three or four or five years, if, if his health holds out, that he can win some tournaments. That's all. Well, you're somebody that knows better than most. Uh, we're talking with Mike Kern. 40 years with the Philadelphia Daily News as sports writer and golf columnist. You have covered a lot of golf in your time. Just have a few minutes left. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Aronimic, is that a um, Donald Ross? It is a Donald Ross. Um, it, it, it who's who's it going to favor? Well, it, it hosted the 62 PGA. Gary Player won. It was supposed to host the 93 PGA, but they had to withdraw because they didn't have minority membership at the time. It hosted the 2003 Senior PGA, and then in 2010-11, it hosted Tiger Woods' tournament. I think it's a worthy course. You know, it, it's, it's either a top 100 course or it's right on the verge of being a top 100 course. It's probably the third best course in Philly behind uh, uh, Marion and, and Pine Valley. Um, you get some arguments, but whatever. It's a hard, it's a par 70. It's a plays long. Uh, the par fours for me are hard. It's got a great set of par threes. They've done two renovations on it in the last decade and a half. Why, I don't know, but they have. Um, and it, it'll be a good test. I think the scores in 2010 and 11 were around 10 under, somewhere in that area. So they weren't killing the course, but the course wasn't killing them. That was played in early July, right around 4th of July, so it's a different time of year. I think it'll be fine. I, I think it'll be, you know, I think long hitters will have an advantage. They, well, long hitters always have an advantage if they're hitting it well and they're hitting it long. Um, but I think it'll be good. It'll be, but once again, I'm just not sure how much people are into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Well, I, we're going to see, and fortunately, uh, you know, based on – the, the new schedule next year, wrapping up before Labor Day, I think they're going to add right. some more excitement to it. Mike, we got to run because yeah, you know what? Here's, here's I'm, hearing, I'm hearing the bell for the 19th hole at uh, the Myrtle Beach World Amateur Championship. And, you know, I don't want that draft beer to run out too quickly on me. Well, go for it. Thank you, Mike Kearns from the Philadelphia, formerly with the former Philadelphia Daily News. We're so excited to have golf back in Philadelphia. As always, we love our listeners, the Golf Insiders, coming to you live from Myrtle Beach. Go check out the MyrtleBeachWorldAm.com. You should sign up for this fantastic event. I've got a tea time. i got to run. Holly G saying we love you. Bye-bye.